Hello listeners and welcome back to What's Wrong With Wolfie. Tonight's show will be on TV shows of the not of 1990 and wow, there was, I can't, I can't tell you, when, when I was doing research for the show, the amount of TV shows that popped up at me was just unbelievable. So how we're going to squeeze this into one show, we'll never know. But we're going to give it a go, see, see, how, it, see how it ends up. Uh, with me, as always, is uh, my two co-hosts, uh, Richard and Chris. Hello guys, how are you? I'm all right. Not too bad. Thank you very much. Not too bad at all. I'm all good. Good. Yeah. I have no idea why I called you Richard Rich, but you know, there we go. Call me Rich. It's fine. Richard Richard. (laughs) What my mum calls me, so you can call me that too. (laughs) Okay. I used to Uh, call him Dick. Well, that's a a fair. um, (laughs) My wife still does, so it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, If if anyone's noticed, then uh, Chris is rocking up with uh, a a major upgrade to his uh, sound quality. (laughs) (laughs) Name and shame, name and shame. Uh, Yeah, you've gone out and treated yourself to a a microphone, haven't you, Chris? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So I hope, uh, yeah, the uh, the audio quality has uh, risen immensely so thank you for for, uh, for just sorting that out for us chris that's uh, great that's right i've been meaning to for a while mm-hmm. but <laughs> yeah. i kept forgetting You're a podcaster money now exactly <laughs> what minus 30 bucks there you go <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like the true life of a real podcaster you know um and rich um i believe it's going to be your birthday tomorrow it is yes that's i am going to be i'm going to be this many years old um, oh, I like that. That's a good age. Yeah. Not not so, too old, not too young. You know, mm, it's just kind of like a nice yeah. balance of in-betweenness. Indeed. I've got mm. so many plans tomorrow. I can't wait. I'm going to go really? out and celebrate and yeah, yeah. Just see everyone. We're going to go to the cinema. Indeed. Um, yeah. We're going to yeah, be shopping. It. It's going to be crazy. Yeah, go so down the pub. Yeah. Indeed. It's yep. going to be, um, you're just going to go apeshit, right? Indeed. Absolutely apeshit. Well, yep. Well, chuck it on the Wolfie, um, the Wolfie Pod Twitter page, so we can all follow along with your um, animal antics, if you like. Is <laughs> animal antics? <laughs> I don't really know what I'm saying right, right Jason. now. All right, Jason. I know. I'm not even had a beer yet, and I'm talking <laughs> shite. So. <laughs> oh dear. There we go. That's anyway, why I'm not allowed at Howlets anymore. So. <laughs> oh god. Anyway. Anyway. On that note, yes. <laughs> TV shows from 1990, uh, like I said at the beginning, uh, amazing, well, in my eyes anyway, I don't know about anybody else. Um, have you two had a look back and seen any of the shows um, or, are you, or have you just, are you just winging it tonight? Um, a little bit winging it, a little bit of uh, research. Yeah. I had a bit of, yeah, a bit of research and some memories came back, some random as hell memories actually. Yeah. And then um, I think, yeah, 50-50 winging it and... Uh, Excellent. That's what I like to hear. So um, we're, we're going to do the same thing that we did in the film show and we're going to choose, we've chosen a show each that we would like to have a, a longer discussion about. But um, I'm going to bring a few more TV shows and um, if, if there's anything that um, interests you, then uh, just give me a shout and then we'll, mm-hmm. uh, we'll have a little chat. So... We're going to start with shows that ended in this year, um, and let me know if any of these, I uh, don't know what the word is, I've forgotten now, but ring your nostalgia bell, if you like. Ring my bell. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, I don't know what antiques and bell ringing, okay. (laughs) It's going well with the show, isn't it? (laughs) See how this night's going. (laughs) Um, (coughs) uh, Bob's Full House ended in this year. Uh, I don't know if that rings any bells for you guys. Vaguely. That's Mm -hmm. that's it. That is as in Monkhouse, right? Yes. That's why I chose it, really, just because it was uh, presented by Bob Monkhouse, the the legend. And I heard his name in ages, and like it just brought back some happy... TV memories of some of his other shows that he did, which um, hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll touch upon um, as the years, as we get into the other years. Yeah, I, was, I remember there was always one show of his, I cannot remember what it was, but it's one that's stuck in my brain and I cannot think what it was. Yeah. Can you, anyway. Can you explain it to us or? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, if anybody else knows what that show is, then uh, no, drop us a no, line. You know? <laughs> it's just going to be the most cryptic Evening of recording. Absolutely. It's going to be amazing. Um, <laughs> blank- it's like, was it the two Ronnies when they did was it, uh, Mastermind? Uh, I love Where you. each answer had to be the, previous, the preceding question. Uh, I hate those competitions. <laughs> it's just like, oh my God. <laughs> I get confused after like the second question. Uh, Blankety Blank ended in this year. Uh, uh, from 19, it started in 1979, I believe, by Terry Wogan, and then it had a little break in the 80s, and then it came back, uh, presented by Les Dawson, uh, and ended ended in this year. And uh, any any fond memories of Blankety Blank? Um, uh, yeah, I remember. Les. I remember old Les. Um, mm-hmm. I just all I remember about it was it was always on TV when I used to come home on <coughs> Friday night with my parents, having mm-hmm. done uh, Tesco shopping, and. Uh, I don't know why I just remember it being on on a Friday night. Um, yeah, I never really cared much for it. No, uh, it was yeah, it was one, one of those, those parent shows, wasn't it? <laughs> like it happened to be on, and it was oh. like all oh, the TVs on. They're watching something that's not quite, kind of interesting, but it's the TVs on, so I'm going to watch it. So yeah, <laughs> I mean the theme show. tune is still in my head. Yeah, blank, 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 blank. Oh, that's always in everyone's head. And yeah. didn't did they reboot it with uh, Paul O'Grady as Lily Savage? Didn't yeah. she? He yeah. Um, the Trap Door also ended in this year. Oh, I love Love that. a Trap Door. Mm-hmm. See, now, this is going to be a bit of a tangent. I've always wanted to work for Odd Man Animations. Mm-hmm. Like, ever since I was a kid, I would literally give my left leg to go and work there and <laughs> like, build and make stuff. But obviously, it's a bit of a, an insane pipe dream. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Trap Door. Oh, my God. <laughs> All his memories are coming back. Yeah, this, this is why we're here. This is exactly the kind of nostalgia Stay triggers away I wanted. From that trap door. Nice. Because See, I, there's oh. something down there. <laughs> I have I have more memories for one of the other shows the creators did. I think was Stop It and Tidy Up. Oh man, that is. Oh my god, I thought I was the only weirdo to remember that. No, 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 not was, at all. It was actually in the um, cultural zeitgeist actually very recently. Someone actually um, is on Twitter last week of all t- of all things, and someone actually uh, took the footage of a uh, Dominic Cummings leaving Downing Street and just played the <laughs> trapdoor theme tune over it. it was, and it, and it, it worked. I don't know why, but it worked. Uh, it's really awesome. <laughs> but well, I appreciate it. We need, we need to find a, find a link to that and put it in the show notes so everybody can enjoy that moment. Um, there, there was another show that ended in this year. That um, um, I was already, I haven't heard in a very long time, and that was Penny Crayon. Oh, oh my god, that was, 
super. I remember Penny Crow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, If anyone not obviously not quite sure, can't remember the show, I believe uh, Penny had uh, a magical set of crayons that whatever she drew came to life. Is that correct? Yeah. That would be right. Yes. Like that really bad episode of Doctor Who, but better. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Which episode, Chris? Please tell us. Oh, that would be Fear Her, wouldn't it? Oh, God. <laughs> well, I was surprised you actually had the answer to <laughs> was that. that. The, was that the Olympic... <laughs> the that was the one said during the Olympics, wasn't it? Where the, the doctor propaganda. relit the Olympic torch. Christ. Are we talking... And drew stuff we t- and they came back to life. Yeah, are we talking new Doctor Who here or old Doctor Who? That's new Doctor Who. Era, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. was it? Okay. Yeah. Mm. Tangent number two. Yeah, I can't wait for the Doctor <laughs> Who episode. I'm just going to be sitting here, chilling, relaxing and just soaking all in. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and the last TV show that I chose that ended in this year was All Creatures Great and Small. Now, this, this oh, show started. Doctor Who. Yeah, this uh, mm. show started in 1978, which was the year of my birth, and ended in 1990. So that's how long that show went for. Wow. And, I had no idea it was on that long. Yeah, and Jeez. I do. Rem- it's your. It's one of those proper sun Sunday kind of shows, isn't Sunday it? Sunday tea time shows, like. Yeah, like last of summer wine or antiques sure. roadshow and oh, yeah. heartbeat. God, antiques heartbeat. Roadshow. Yeah, point points. You knew of... you knew Sunday was over when bloody heartbeat came on. You had to go to school the next day. <laughs> yeah. like, That's it. Bath and bed. Oh, really? Yeah. And, uh, London's burning <laughs> at ten o'clock on ITV. Yeah, and uh, uh, shit. Point, points of view as well always uh, gave me that. Yeah, that was always fun. I won't lie, but did enjoy a bit of points of view mm. with. Um, um, uh, Do you know points of view? And Robinson. That's yeah, it. I actually found the humour to points of view sublime. I think it was mm. just so irreverent and just so on point that it was just like it was. It was like Watchdog written by Armando Iannucci or some kind of shit like that. It was just like. <laughs> I think it was. Uh, I always enjoyed the way that they read out the complaints of the TV yes. shows well, in, a, um, in a very uh, patronising yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't have that same kind of you know um, uh, reading complaints on the internet these days you know mm. um, it's just not, it's not the same really no. I think that was the best part of the show but yeah the, these kind of shows always now looking back now always make me feel that um, Sunday afternoon evening kind of atmosphere that I used to feel as, as a child um, mm. Which has sadly gone away as an adult, as most things, Indeed. pleasurable things do. Um, well, th- that's it for the shows that finished in this year. Before so, we move on, actually, sorry, mm-hmm. one second. Yeah, um, I have the Bob Monkhouse show. I remember what it was. Oh, nice. Well done. Which one was it? It was a game show, indeed, and it mm-hmm. was um, loosely based on the uh, the PlayStation futuristic racer. It was a wipeout on BBC One. How oh. did I forget about that? Um, tell me, tell me, Rich, How? what it's about. What, what did they have to do? Wipeout was basically, I think it was based on a US game show originally. Um, and during the game, the correct answers would be replaced by a golden star on a black circle. And wipeouts were wrong answers. And these would be replaced by blue and yellow W's. It's the weirdest game. Um, <laughs> So basically, like three, you know, there were basic rounds like you would in a normal game show, um, and ten pound was awarded for the first answer, an additional ten pound for each subsequent correct answer. So it was a very, very stingy game show, basically. Um, 
it was convoluted as hell, and I'm really not going to talk about it anymore. Because yeah, fair enough. I'm looking at Wikipedia now, and I'm just I'm already getting bored. But <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's what entertained us in the nineties. Yeah. So, um, so some of the shows that debuted in this year, there's quite a few, and quite quite a few um, uh, good 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 ones. Uh, Mr. Bean. <gasps> That, that debuted yeah. in this year on New Year's Day, it no did. less. Um, Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles, that started mm. on uh, BBC. One Foot in the Grave, uh, Baywatch, Quantum Leap. Uh, well, Quantum Leap started in 1989, but um, I think it debuted over here maybe in 1990. Yeah, we didn't get it till I think, 90, maybe 91 actually. I don't know. Do you think so? Jesus. That's the thing with American imports. Now it's like within 24 hours, obviously we're streaming. That's simulcast, don't they? They're bloody like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Game of Thrones, it was like the same time. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You have to get up at 3 a.m. in the morning, but you know. Yeah, Mm. like our memories of like, you know, some 80s cartoons from America or from say Europe or Canada are from the 90s yet yeah, you speak to people in America and like well no we were watching that in like 88 and stuff mm-hmm. like that it's like well we didn't get it because the internet didn't exist <laughs> I mean it, it, it did suck didn't it living in, in England in, in mm-hmm. these kind of times still no, nice. no yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it all comes around right doesn't it <laughs> it does <laughs> things just come out that much sooner now but it's still shit yeah um, <laughs> One one show that I saw on here, and it was the Crystal Maze. This started. Yeah, that came that came up on mine. Yeah. Yeah. This this started in 1990, and I always had a love hate relationship with the Crystal Maze. Mm. Um, I, I I loved it. I loved the setting. I loved the idea. I loved Richard O'Brien as the host. It was amazing. Um, the ideas of some of the puzzles were great. Always loved it when they went to the sci-fi zone. Yeah. yeah. It was always my favourite. So um, the futuristic zone, wasn't it? That one. Yes, I think Something so. Like that, Planet yeah. Laser, really. That's what it reminded me of. Yeah, like like what they used to from Red Dwarf on, just kind of planet, <laughs> planet laser, planet laser, yeah. Bit dry ice, it's all good. <laughs> yeah, disused factory, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but um, they seem to find some of the most stupid people uh, possible <laughs> to to be on here, and I remember sitting there with my mum and just screaming at the TV because the dude on the show just couldn't see it and it was so yeah. obvious and I'm like I, I just couldn't believe that he couldn't see it and I'm like come on really so that that's my love-hate relationship with the crystal maze um, but I did I did love the end where they just had to go in this big like glass dome and just try and catch as many like fake paper notes as possible stop yeah. the fans please please I never understood the people that managed to get locked in in the, in the challenges. It's like, look, you know how long you got left. Yeah. Just leave. Like, yeah. I, I don't know what level of commitment you have to completing a puzzle that you get locked in. It's on saying to you nine, eight, seven, six. Yeah. Just mm. go to the door. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if you go to the door, <laughs> if you go to the door, you could leave and then go to a different uh, puzzle or yeah. zone. And hopefully get the crystal that you might have lost in that one. And now they're a man down. You complete yeah. cretin. I just I don't get it. But yeah, anyway, so. stubborn people. They, they, what, about they, Edward, they, what about Ed Tudor Poe anyway? Was how did you uh, like him as the um, successor to Richard O'Brien? Um, Do you know what? I didn't actually mind him. To be honest, he didn't he, have the harmonica, but it's all good. No, yeah, he was he was all right, but yeah, he was he wasn't Richard O'Brien. 
No, Rich O'Brien added a quirky, um, like macabre kind of like vibe to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And so obviously with his history with the Rocky Horror Picture Show and stuff like that as well, you kind of got that 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 status in the zeitgeist behind him as a host. Mm-hmm. Whereas the other guy, yeah. I didn't really know anything he'd done before. Obviously, we'd all known Richard O'Brien from all countless TV and film stuff. And then, even recently, with the Richard IRD version, yeah, they tried to replicate the quirkiness by giving him like a fake gold hand. Really, they did that. I never watched the yeah. revival. Hmm. They did, that's I watched it a little, like a couple of like minutes of it now and again, but. Like Rich Diodi is a massive germaphobe, so they were like, "Oh, they must have gone okay." Oh, really? <laughs> let's just yeah, let's turn that into a quirk. And they gave him a gold hand, so he didn't have to make like bodily contact with people. That's what I read anyway. Wow. So if you watch, if you watch, what's that travel documentary he does? Travel Man. Um, don't know. <laughs> he meant he mentions on on that one one episode that like he literally just is massive germaphobe and doesn't touch anything if he doesn't have to and. Proper weird, Jeez. man. <laughs> funny and talented, but yeah, pretty pretty unique. Who Stop. would you have host a revival of Crystal Maze if it wasn't a Wadi? Who would be your like, your number one pick? Tim Curry, if he didn't have a stroke. <laughs> Fair enough. Do you think? No, but it's it wasn't that wasn't a really bad gag. I was literally being. No, 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 no. I totally agree. Yeah. I totally agree. I just he's yeah. just it's got sad. that. It's sad. Like, yes, it's another Rocky Horror Picture Show connection, but the point is he's got the perfect balance of everything you need in that kind of a host. And yeah. And just for the laugh, just for Tim Curry's laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I just think he's just a, a British national treasure that yeah. would have, like, done really, really great if they'd got him to do that. And incidentally, have you seen... Um, uh, Eric Idle's What About Dick, the show that they did. No, no. And I only watched it because uh, Eddie Izzard and Billy Connolly were on the um, the uh, cast list for it as a stage show. And they, it's on Netflix. And Eric Idle wrote this kind of mini musical thing and he's got Tim Curry there. Literally, he filmed it, I think, a year before his massive stroke. And to see Tim Curry there doing his usual, you know, loud, funny, irreverent, guy yeah I just think he would have been been amazing as a Crystal Maze host mm. that's a question that I've never really thought about until now Rich thanks for that's alright thanks do, for setting it off <laughs> do, do you think um, David Tennant would make a good host for the Crystal Maze no Okay. No, that's just me. <laughs> 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 shot down. Moving on. <laughs> I'm just gonna say I'm gonna. I'll say, I'll say Matt Berry. Matt Berry. I'm gonna say Matt Adopted. Berry for Crystal Maze would be amazing. Right, okay. No. Nice. <laughs> no, I don't think so, Rich. I think you're talking bollocks. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, moving on then. So uh, you've been framed. <laughs> That also started in this year. Um, Beadle. Yeah, Jeremy Beadle in his odd hand. I mean, like, the, these shows, they, they go... <laughs> Stop it. Was it a wanking claw, wasn't it? Oh, <laughs> made, they, him look, made himself look bigger. That was a good thing. They, Shut up. <laughs> 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 
Sorry, Jason. No, 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 no. Jason, Sorry. you've Continue. created a, you've created a monster. <laughs> they, um, these shows that go on into the nineties, so we don't have to talk about all of them now. We, we can we can do it in in in, in future episodes, it's not a problem. So, um, also the word. Did anyone of you watch the word on Channel Four? Never uh, watched no. it, but I always knew how important those shows were. That real like late night Channel Four era when you had like the word and shows later on, like um, mm. Eurotrash. Was it Vids? Yeah. Eurotrash and vids. Eurotrash Euro was great. Sorry, yeah. I, I I defend Eurotrash like to people, and that people yeah. are convinced it was a real thing. I'm like, no, it was filmed in the UK by a French stand-up comic. It was supposed to be tongue-in-cheek and irreverent. The voiceovers, like, yeah, the dub tracks des- on yeah. that. Oh it was God. designed, oh, yeah, like... specifically <laughs> to lampoon. <laughs> The European magazine shows, which we had, you know, our equivalent was like the 11 o'clock mm-hmm. show or or yeah. Don't Forget Your Toothbrush or TFI Friday, TGI Fridays or whatever. But yeah, it's just, I defend it till the day I die as just yeah. a very, very clever, meta, um, mm-hmm. satirical mm-hmm. look at the world. Yeah. I always remember a story Absolutely. about um, the men who used to like being rode like a horse. I don't know why that one always sticks in my brain. <laughs> Sorry, you said that just to take a sip of coffee. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, um, also, the last thing I remember was the uh, um, the passing of uh, old Lola Ferrari died several years ago, didn't she? Mm-hmm. And I always oh, remember that was, her. That was, being a, on that was like ten years ago or so. Yeah. And my what first you? thought was, "Oh, you're a trash." I just remembered her from you're a trash. Um, yeah. But it just, yeah, I don't know. I've always defended it because if mm. you watch it and you understand why it was made and how it was made, but that's that wasn't until like late 90s, so let's give that a yeah. few weeks. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so, although this show started in 1987, I believe it, it had its premiere on UK TV this year, and that was Star Trek The Next Generation. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, we're not going to say anything about that right now because I think we'll be here all night. And Rich will just fall asleep or yeah. go and get another beer or something. And yeah, sorry. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. Gone. There you go. I just said Star Trek, and that was it. That was enough for him. Is that um, the one with a uh, Buckler in it? That's the one. Well done, Rich. <laughs> <laughs> canned carrot. Tea pole. That started in this. Oh year. my god, Enterprise. canned carrot. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh my god. Now, why did canned carrot not come up on my research? How the hell? Oh, I loved canned carrot. <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh, Jasper Carrot. Yeah. There's a legend that's pet everybody's forgotten. Is he even still alive? Yeah. He's alive, yeah. Is he? Okay. Yeah. I was 12, so I mean, all these old adults just always looked old to me, so now I just think they're all, all either dead or just in a, you know, <laughs> ancient, or, I don't know. Or nonsense. Um <laughs> Oh, oh, well, I wasn't going to say it, Rich, there. but you know, you went there, mate. Was it just, was canned carrot just like commercial? No, that was carrot's commercial breakdown, wasn't it? It was. What was canned carrot? That was just like... I think that was sketch shows, wasn't it? Like little skits? Yeah. I remember. Yeah. Well, that ran, from, yeah, that ran from 1990 to 1992. Uh, on the 29th of October, Keeping Up Appearances premiered on BBC. Hell yeah. Oh. Me and Rich have actually talked about this in the pub one night, and I can't believe we had that conversation. <laughs> oh, do we not remember that? Mate, we talked about everything in a pub. It was ridiculous. <laughs> I don't even... I just remember you talking about keeping up appearances in the pub. It just, Christ. 
yeah, two people in their twenties talking about a. <laughs> I just, <laughs> just one of my fondest memories about British show. One of my fondest memories about like keeping up appearances is that like, it's a bit of a an ongoing joke in a way, but like my mum kind of fashions herself and I know my mum is listening to this so I'm sorry mum but <laughs> she kind of fashions herself after Hyacinth like the whole idea of just trying to well yeah keep up the appearance you know look mm-hmm. like yeah. the lady of the street and everyone keeping up with know, the Joneses just, yeah it's so I'm sorry mum but it was always an ongoing joke and uh, Annette if you're listening Annette if you're listening you were nothing like Hyacinth Bouquet um, I haven't seen you in years but um, your garden ornaments and your fake chicken in the kitchen will always be in my memories. <laughs> just, just... Don't, forget, don't forget the uh, the fake cat as well. Oh, yeah, the fake cat that you was convinced that it's moving. No, it isn't. Yeah. But anyway, so. It's all right. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Also, Harry Enfield's television program started in this year. Oh, yeah. I never... I've never found him funny as a kid. Really? Yes, but as a kid, yeah, because you don't really have your sort of comedy credentials, do you? As a kid, like you're not that you haven't honed that idea of your comedy. Mm. And as I've gotten older, I've just found Harry Enfield stuff less and less funny, unless it's with Paul Whitehouse or Kathy Burke. Yeah, I don't Agreed. know why. I really don't know why. Uh, everyone loves him, and I just sit there sometimes going like. I used to watch this and find it funny. I mean, I just some of the stuff. Yeah, it's some, but it does just still like... make me laugh. Like I watched some. What was the um, sketches they used to do? You know, it used to be like the um, public service things from like you know the bloody late fifties. You know, women All dressed in a suit limits. with black and white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, they, they used to crack me up, but. For every one of those, you used to have like the self righteous brothers was which was really just kind of one note comedy. I was a bit bored by it, but Yeah. And then they went into know. the Hoops advert. Oh god, they did, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, Harry weirdly, this is my memory is like a goddamn like hard drive. I my memory's too good for my own good, if that makes sense. Who's hard drive? Yeah. Well, do you know what I mean? Like, it's just... <laughs> Sorry, I just realised what you said. <laughs> I remember Harry Enfield on the Dime Bar ad. I remember that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, it was those characters uh, got retrofitted into adverts. He had, was it Hula Hoops and Dime uh-huh. Bar? And... Uh-huh. I think my earliest memory was the loads of money character because he was all, all, all he was on the uh, the t-shirts and they mm. were massive at the time and I just remember yeah. seeing everybody in a loads of money t-shirt and I wanted one mm. I didn't really know why I wanted one but I did because, I mean, because it was just popular and I just wanted to be popular for once but um, <laughs> I think my mum bought me like a, a cheap <coughs> fake one off the market that lasted about two washes but um, I was happy for a little while but that, that's my first mem- memory of Harry and Field. See, my yeah. first memory is doing... Uh, what's that character's name where he... The anorak guy that comes up and he knows everything. Only me! Only <laughs> me! That's yeah. the one. You don't want to do that, it like that. You want to do, do it like this. this. Now, I don't think <laughs> you wanted to do that. Oh, yeah, oh it just always, it always, <laughs> always pops into my head. Every time I can someone see says Harry well, Enfield... Glasses and a grey suit and like a grey flat like, cap and that little blue yeah 
Oh, yeah, God. and that stupid grin. <laughs> Only me. Yes. <laughs> oh, young man. That one as well. Yes. Yeah, okay. Oh, young oh. man. Yeah. yeah. And you've got. Do you want to fill her up? Oh, I've been filled up in years. Yeah. <laughs> You've got <her>. anyway. <laughs> I'm coming back now. <laughs> yeah, that that says all week next week now. Just get oh, young man. Yep. <laughs> Everything. And the last show, oh. the last program uh, that debuted that I wanted to touch upon was a grand day out. Wallace and Gromit. Oh, oh. oh lovely, lovely. That's the that was always proper oh. event television that was, it was like every, when there's a Wallace like, and Gromit maybe, on like every five years or so yeah it'd, it'd be like Christmas Day or Boxing Day wouldn't it and you'd mm. have like um, mm-hmm. I, I still remember like when A Grand Day Out came out and it's I kind of look at it the same way as Toy Story now like when that one came out the way it looked the animation just was so primitive compared to what came later yeah they, they honed those, it like yeah but it, it's just a beautiful piece of um, mm. art, basically. It, it's still just wonderful. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, a I self-professed just... man fan sitting here, mm. just like, I devoured everything they've ever made. And I used to like build my own miniatures and stuff as a kid. And like I said earlier on in the recording, I would just love to... If someone would just give me a job there, I'd, I'd leave everything and go, right, I'm doing this. And to work on those films and to see what Nick Park did in his parent in his room or basement at his parents' house that sold mm. Ardman on his talents and they literally said, Come here and we will fund, we will give you the money to finish this film. And the mm-hmm. set design, everything, the way it's animated, yes, it looks a bit primitive now compared to what they do now with uh, uh, stop motion or as it's known now mainly as go motion. It's just astounding. Like, I think, sorry, I think now they <coughs> they have proper figures, don't they? They're, they're not making it out of plasticine or clay like they used no, to. No, since uh, the book I've got um, in a box now, I've stripped my room to pieces. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's the uh, complete, is it the complete history of Art Man? It's like a red book. Oh, and since, since I think a close shave, they've been using um, uh, silicon puppets. Yeah, and they they take the the, the sculpted out of fine clay and or sculpting materials and then put onto an armature, so it's not they're not plasticine and they haven't been for about twenty five years now, and it's a sil it's like a a silicon that imitates the look of plasticine, and even when when they're making these maquettes to do the castings to put around the armature, they even leave the fingerprints on the moulds. So it adds that dimension of fingers touching the puppets, and it's mm, permanently okay. on, it's it's permanently on those silicon molds. Like they, the mouth caps they remove to get the syllables out and stuff. <clears throat> the the fingerprints are literally cast onto the casts and then onto the molds. So it's basically nice. a silicon a silicon glove puppet over a, a, a like ball and socket joint armature. It's fascinating. It really is. Mm, it sounds really interesting. I never it's never knew about that. It's always those little right? details, isn't it, that that you don't really realise mm. that always yeah. more, more interesting. And it's just I could go, I could do like a whole like tangent on it, but yeah, like even films like films like Chicken Run and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I've, all, I love that film. Yeah, they were all done I'm not a pie. with yeah with <laughs> uh, sil- uh, silicon silicon puppets, which imitate the look of plasticine, but 
plasticine is obviously under studio lights and constant manipulation. It's just going to start breaking down and become too warm. Mm. <coughs> Silicon just is silicon. It just works. Mm. And obviously you can produce it on mass as well. And well, keep. I, I assume you were a, a massive fan of Morph then? Not so much, because I think that was a bit before my time. Like, that mm-hmm. was their sort of, like, their sort of... It was their star, the really, wasn't it? Yeah, mm. kind of, when they were approached by uh, BBC to do the Tony Hart show. Yeah. Oh, Tony Hart. And yeah. Sledge. then they became That's famous the with, obviously, Sledgehammer video and stuff like that, and and still going strong now. And they recently, haven't they recently announced Chicken Run 2? With a bit yeah. of controversy. Cause Without <laughs> Mel Gibson or Jane Horrocks. Like. Yeah. Or uh, Nadia yeah. Sawala. It's like, really? They, yeah, they what made Jane Horrocks for? I don't know why I said that. So. <laughs> no, she was, she was bad, wasn't she? Oh, don't she was, a, yeah. Don't want to be a pie. Don't like green. Yeah. Oh, you did she it better going than on holiday. <laughs> Mel Gibson for obvious reasons, but I thought it was a bit mm. ageist and a bit out of order not yeah. to bring back. Well, Nadia Swala, she went on Twitter, didn't she? And yeah, said, she did um, a recording, he's, didn't she? It's yeah. not a show. Like, so, hey, look, here's, here's to you strange. guys. I sound exactly the same and then looped over what she did 20 years ago to what she does now. Yeah, ridiculous. And I actually have in my collection a signed poster from Peter Lord and Nick Park of Chicken Run. Really? I don't know if you remember, Rich. Do you remember doing it in sixth form when they asked us to do like a inspiration project? No. I mean, <laughs> no. Sorry. Must have been and inspirational because I remember. <laughs> no, I, only, again, I have the world's most ridiculous memory. And I wrote to uh, two places, Ardman Animations was one of them. And I replied with like a little information pack about the, um, wow, nice. the studio and a signed poster, which had obviously been signed en masse and sent out on PR trail and stuff like that. Nice. It's still knocking around somewhere. <laughs> but yeah, that's a bit of an odd man tangent. Hmm, that's another memories. book to use, Jason. Yeah, I know, right? It's another book to add to your Amazon queue. It, it does actually sound quite intriguing. <laughs> so, thanks, Chris. The, the the Back to the Future visual novel has gone as a, a Christmas present. It got nabbed, so I have to wait till Christmas uh, for that now. That's a shame. That's all right, I can wait. Did you, did you get one that was sealed as well that you couldn't um, even flick through? I don't know, I've not actually seen it. I think it's been sent to another... Uh, to, to a parent's house, I think, as a present oh, for me. So I've not right. even seen it. So we shall well, wait that, and see. That waiting will be worth it. I hope so. Uh, I can ignore my children on Christmas Day and just enjoy Back to the Future. Sounds great. Exactly. <laughs> Put the uh, soundtrack on. Yeah. Read the book. Put my hoverboard on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, away I go. Other shows that star that were were airing in this year. So they they started before 1990, but they didn't finish until later on. The, I cherry picked five out of this massive list, and they were Hello, Hello. Uh, <laughs> you stupid women. That's it. Uh, spitting Image. Uh, one of the memories I have of Spitting Image was always watching it when I should have been asleep in mm-hmm. bed, and to not understanding most of what they were saying because. Yeah. Um, it was very I used political, to wonder why obviously. John Major was grey. Um, that used <laughs> yeah. to be my thing. Yeah, my mum had to explain that to me Later I realised, like... Yeah, so... I used to tape it off TV. I used to set the Video Plus the night before. Don't know why, mm-hmm. but I did. But it was funny did, looking. Quick question for you. Did Video Plus always work for you? Not really, I no. no. I, I decided in the end that just the manual timer was much better. Um, yeah. Because it pissed me off 
that you know I, I did all this put the code in and everything and then it was all good mm. and then it just didn't do it I was like oh, yeah. really Bishop. come on <coughs> shit good old 90s technology mm-hmm. yeah spitting image was one thing that as a kid you didn't really get obviously we laughed as kids didn't we at like the puppets and the voices and stuff like that mm-hmm. then you get older and you realise actually this is pretty hilarious in a very satirical way and yeah like Rich said my mum had to explain to me why John Major was grey and blue <laughs> yeah because he's like really dull and boring and just like I know yeah, I, just, I, never, I never got it until I was older <laughs> yeah no I never mentioned spitting image to my parents because obviously I should have been asleep so I used to love Maggie or Maggie Thatcher in like the pinstripe suit and just like cigars and shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just brilliant. So, have you have you guys watched any of the uh, the the reboot on a uh, Britbox? No, no, I haven't actually. No. Same. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> okay. I've had mixed things, but uh, don't have Britbox. It's a it's a it's, do I. it's too much. No, it's, it's another. Subscription it's a streaming service. wars now, isn't yeah, it? It's and just like I just what can't. Else do you- fork out for exactly so mm. Beadle's about I don't want to touch too oh. much about this because I feel like we've got a lot to say about Beadle and it would you like a cup probably. of tea <laughs> I still remember being in a pub <laughs> he passed away and it yeah. just broke my heart sure. like generally I, mi- I miss that guy he's such a uh, ledge we'll save it for the Beadle website yes. there will be one I'm sure yes um, and the last one was You Bet oh, oh Matthew Kelly that's right Good man. I used to love. I used to love our show. We used to have the kids who knew like bus timetables. It was just brilliant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so good. <laughs> like, they were way more exciting than like somebody like doing a jump on a motorbike. I, w- I want to know who can memorise you know postcodes in you know southeast of England and shit. <laughs> I, I'm t- I tell my kids would like, would be all over you bet. I'm sure they would have been on by now yeah. if it was still on the telly. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting you should bring up spit an image because like. Like it was, who was it I was talking to like a year ago? It might be my brother-in-law. Like he had no idea that the people that we have now started on Spitting Image as voice actors. Such as? And the list is insane. You, Chris Barry, for instance, <laughs> he started as an impressionist. If you, if you look, look at him doing impressions, he is absolutely amazing. And obviously mm. Rory Bremner and Steve Coogan, they were all on Spitting Image in the mm. early days, which is what made their name. And I think, I don't know if Rob Brydon was doing Spitting Image as well. And then, yeah, they all became eventual TV actors. Sorry, it was just something that popped into my head that I had to get out. Otherwise I wouldn't sleep. No, that's sleep. fine. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you've got, you've got your nickname as Stato, so you might as well live up to it now. <laughs> um, so moving on, I'm just going to go through some of the BAFTAs of this year. They, they brought up a few TV shows as well that, um, that, that I have some memories of. And I guess you guys don't have any inkling of any of these shows that might have won a BAFTA in 1990. Not the f- no, so I'm not going to do what I do with the Oscars and try and get you to guess them. Um, but I'm just going to tell you that the winners of some of the subjects. So the, the television actor in 1990 was won by John Thor for Inspector Morse. Um, Diana Rigg won actress, television actress for Mother Love. The children's program, entertainment slash drama mm. of 1990. I'm now, gonna, I wonder, um, I wonder. Well, the, the nominations for this one were The Chronicles of Narnia. Yeah. Uh, the BF, I remember that. The BF, yeah. the That's BF, a shoe in that one, I reckon. Yeah, the BFG. Uh-huh. 
Maid Marian and her merry men. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> oh no! This is taking me back. I know. Oh no! Or woof. <gasps> oh, now I've woof. got woof theme song in my head. Oh my god! I'm starting scratching my nose now. Yeah. <laughs> like, gonna run off by the car and just. <laughs> oh god. Guys, I think I we're gonna have to. Wolf. I think we're gonna have to cut this TV show into two. <laughs> Seriously, I love Wolf so much. It was such a good show, right? Yeah. Loved it. It's just, I never remember the theme tune. I honestly, I'm you know, blown it's away. It's always the theme tune, mate. Wow. Everything's in my head, and then they they changed the whole cast, didn't they? Like different yeah, actors boy, and whatever. He was yeah. Rubbish. And they yeah. they do you know what they did the same as well. And I've written this down in my notes. And to any listeners out here, please reach out. Does anyone remember around the twist? Yes. Yes. The Australian Austra- The Australian import that we had. Yeah, the that, lighthouse, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And that, I always yeah. thought I was the only one. And I happened to be at work last year and I was singing the theme tune because it was it was chucking it down the rain. And <laughs> I, I turned... Well. <laughs> yeah, I turned round and just randomly said when I was standing in one of the outlets at the, the, the park that I work at. And I started saying, rain, rain, go away, come again another day. And this girl Hannah turned around to me. She went... Where did you hear that from? And I went, it's from a TV show I used to watch as a kid called Round the Twist, based in the lighthouse in Australia. And God damn, I, like, she turned around to me and said, we used to watch that as kids. Now, she's 10 years younger than me. Wow. Now, that's how far outreaching that that show is. They used to watch that's that as well. It's just like, crazy. my mind was blown. I literally went, boom, like, what the hell? Wow. You're like 25. <laughs> how do you know about this show? I do believe. Yeah, they, <coughs> sorry, they changed I do, act. Yeah, so <laughs> the whole cast. They, um, <coughs> sorry. That show started in this year, funny enough. Yeah. Um, but I think it went on for quite a long time. Yeah, because they changed the cast. Yeah, and I don't mm. think I think it um, ended in like the mid zeros. Like, um, really, it went on for that long. So some somewhere in that area, definitely. It, it was. It went on for quite a long time. So I'm. Um, I'm not overly surprised that that they kind of remember it because no. it it hit it hit the 21st century. I had no idea it went that long. I just remember oh, watching it. I've got like, one on, over Chris. Get in. Yeah. Was it like on, on sun, Sunday mornings I remember watching that or sun, whatever. Mm-hmm. This quaint little, like, it's kind of like, just, just weird things happen to this family in it Australia. It was just crazy. It was just out there. It was like proper Australian TV, wasn't yeah. it? So, um, the, so out of all those like golden nuggets of TV shows, which one do you think might have won the BAFTA for this year? As Chronicles got, of Narnia and, and yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, Lion just, Witch in the Wardrobe just, is just, just for makeup and animatronics and yeah. stuff like that. I, re- I remember that so well, like, leading up to Christmas on a Sunday yeah. evening on BBC One. Mm-hmm. Just yeah, it has to be that. It has to be. Yeah. I can't think of anything else. It's another one of those shows, isn't it? When you look back on it, it gives you that fuzzy Sunday mm-hmm. atmospheric mm-hmm. That and, feeling. That and the Borrowers, I think. Yeah, um, the Borrowers. The, uh, that the was box, a beautiful version. That the, was uh, the Box of Delight. Excuse me. Uh, was there a TV show? <laughs> <laughs> what, what, right? to- <laughs> what is going on tonight? A box of delight. <laughs> Turkish? <laughs> Maybe I'm thinking of something else. Okay. I don't well, want to know. <laughs> it was Made Marion and Her Merry Men. Really? Yes. Wow. They nabbed it. Fair play. Yeah, definitely. Um, other categories te- television comedy series in 1990. Mm. There was um, Only Fools and Horses. The New Statesman, mm. um, a show called After Henry. Don't know one. No. No. Um, or Blackadder Goes Forth. 
obviously the Blackadder. Probably. F- yeah, Blackadder mm. goes forth. Obviously, nabbed that one because it's Blackadder. It's awesome. Um, light entertainment program. So there was a Dame Edna experience. Whose line oh, is God. it anyway? <laughs> Dame Edna. Oh my God. Uh, Clive James on the eighties, or just Victoria Wood. Probably Victoria Wood, I reckon. Mm-hmm. Well, it was Clive James. Yeah. He nabbed that one. Really? Wow. Yeah. Clive James? Yeah. Oh, Clive okay. James on the 80s. He was Australian as well, wasn't he? Yeah, I always get Clive James I... and Clive Anderson mixed up. But... <laughs> How? <laughs> well, don't it... anymore, because one of them's alive, one's dead. But... <laughs> I was say, Clive James died, what, a few weeks back now, didn't he? Oh, it's longer months. than that. Yeah. I just remember Anderson walked off. Um, well, no, the Bee Gees walked out, didn't they, on Clive oh, Anderson? Yeah. You talk, you're talking hilarious. to Rich, who used to get um, Bernard Matthews and Bernard Manning confused. Now, <laughs> that's just another story entirely. Definitely. <laughs> uh, I'd like to hear that one one day. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. This, well, this, both this both of them happened. are gammon, so it's fine. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yep, there you go. <laughs> you took it. <laughs> on that note, <laughs> we shall uh, we shall move on. And uh, on forty five minutes, we'll uh, wheel out our TV show. So we want to discuss. Achieve nothing in forty five minutes. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Must look at the format for the TV shows episode. I think they're a bit too long, guys. Um, so we've got three shows. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna start this week with Fresh Prince of Bel Air. I feel like uh, we've all watched the show, right? Mm-hmm. All got happy Absolutely. memories. Fond memories, yeah. yeah. Definitely. So if anyone doesn't know what The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air is about, um, it's about a streetwise, poor young man from Philadelphia who was sent by his mother to live with his aunt, uncle and cousins in their Bel-Air mansion. That's fair enough, really, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That's the most basic uh, plot of the show. And there were six series of this. And it got cancelled after the fourth, apparently, uh, because um, they just didn't. Uh, the I think it was NBC. They just felt like it had long enough. It run its course and wanted to move on. Though a whole kind of original Star Trek kind of thing happened, where all the fans kicked off and sent in letters and demanded that they carried on making it so they did and they just made another mm-hmm. two shows two two series should I say um, can anyone um, can anyone sing the theme tune the extended mm. version or the TV version oh, let's just do the TV <laughs> version shall we because the, the middle extended version gets a little bit yeah uh, I've, I've heard it on like Will Smith's greatest weird, album it? Yeah. And, it, and it gets a bit weird and I don't particularly like it um, I, I much prefer the TV bit, um, the TV edit Mm. Uh, are you? Are you? Are you? Um, Am I uh, volunteering? Yes. No. Oh. <laughs> it goes like, oh man, I can't remember the lyrics now. God damn yeah, it. In West Philadelphia, be. born and raised, in a playground where Some I spent most, spent of, most of, my of my days, chilling out, relaxing, relaxing shooting meatballs, <laughs> up to no good, terrorising people in, in my neighbourhood. Well, got in one little fight and my mum got scared. She said, you yeah, move with me that handy and you go in Bel Air. <laughs> I think that's enough. For a cab and, uh, and when it came near, the licence plate said fresh and it had a Dyson And there was Dyson in the mirror. If I could say anything, that this cab was rare. But I thought, oh, no, forget it. You're home to Bel Air. Bel Air. I up to the house. Bought, up to the house about seven or eight and I yelled to the cab, you're home, smell you later. Look, Look to, to my kingdom, kingdom I was finally there. there. 
to sit on my throne as the Prince of Bel Air. <laughs> oh God! Now everyone's got to do the the old head spin. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing! I mean, that's just Hello. pure gold. If we don't get like new and noteworthy on Apple now, I don't know what will. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, it was it was. Um, a show that resonated with me very much so because Will Smith was probably around the same kind of age when I when I started mm. watching it. Um, so I felt, you know, very connected with it, if you like. Mm. Um, especially when, and it was especially surprising for such a comedy show to um, go quite deep with some stuff. Mm. Yeah. I thought it was, it was a nice contrast to shows like, Around that time, you used to have a lot of TV shows that would have like that special episode, you know, where it would cover like a heavy issue. But like, mm. found Fresh Prince was a lot more organic in how it did it, mm. and it would just yeah. hit you hard, and it felt earned instead of just being like this like educational a plot, episode. A plot point, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Or you're like um, talking about I, like when you used to watch He-Man and then at the end they would like... <laughs> have some... Someone touches you. Oh, yeah. like, like, well, I don't want this. <laughs> the Sonic the Hedgehog cartoon did that as well. I was like, mm, yeah. I don't want this from Sonic, yeah. sorry. Yeah, Fresh Prince, it just it just did it well. Like, I mean, mm. the episode always stands out to me was the one where like um, Will and... Um, Carlton get held up at the um, ATM. Oh, when Will gets shot, wasn't it? Will takes the bullet, and Carlton yeah. is just like destroyed. Mm. Like he doesn't, he's never like had that happen in his life. Something he's never been involved in anything like that, and he, he's mm. guilt for mm-hmm. Will, and just being so scared and realizing like he could have died, like he could have died. Mm. You know, Will could have died saving him, or Carlton could have been the one that took the bullet. And that whole bit in the hospital at the end when Carlton just like breaks down, mm. I was like, damn, like yeah, just. It's, it's, it's one of those comedy shows that, like like you said, it has a perfect balance of drama, comedy, real-life absurdities as well, but mm-hmm. also it handles stuff extremely tactfully. It's not forced like, say, Friends or The Big Bang Theory, which mm. I can't stand either of them. But <laughs> um, it's just like... And it's cliche now, but the one that stands out to me is when Will's dad turns up. And Will breaks yeah. down and says to Uncle, says to Phil, "Why doesn't why don't he want me, man?" And apparently they did it in a couple of takes, but the takes the take that they used where Smith actually went off script and all his emotions came out. Now that resonates to pe- someone like myself a lot when I watched that originally because obviously my dad left us in ninety one or ninety two mm-hmm. <clears throat> and did exactly the same. He literally like cut himself off from like me and my brother and whatever. I see, I hear from him now and again now, but back then it was a bit, yeah. So having that kind of broken family and seeing Will's rejection of his dad, it resonated for me quite on a on a personal level, not as much as some people, but I could relate a bit more and understand the tropes and mm-hmm. how that was written in and how it was acted and stuff like that. And yeah, it's just, and yeah, it's just a sublime show that just did it really well. Um, can't uh, there's, it, there's another one that's popped into my head, but I was going to say it was surprising that they managed to do this in like 25 minutes every week. Yeah, you know it wasn't a long show, was it? No. Um, um, but as you were saying, you know, like they touched upon all that, and then the next thing you know, you've got um, Alfonso walking in doing the cartwheel dance <laughs> to, to Tom Jones. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. 
Um, but I think I think that's the other part of the show that was really um, helped make it such the success that it was was the chemistry with the actors. Yes, I felt absolutely. I felt that they they all seem to have this kind of connection and chemistry that you know you could you could probably tell that they were having t- a good time on the mm. set um, and and really helping to bring out the best in each of them. Yeah. And it's it's quite funny because it was only literally before I was invited onto this podcast that I was you know you go on a YouTube rabbit hole and the algorithm takes you places that you just you never would choose to go. <laughs> and this video popped up and it was uh, called uh, the Tale of Two Aunt Vivs, where uh, it explains oh, yeah. the uh, the like I suppose you could say like unfair sacking of the original actress. And then the rehiring of the new actress, with not even any mention as to anything. It was just really interesting, but it was only like 15 minutes long, but it actually went into the whole behind-the-scenes controversy and all the cast and crew, obviously. You get it in any workplace, don't you? People like some people and people don't like others, and Hmm. I think that happened there. And recently, did you guys see the uh, trailer for the reunion where they rebuilt the... Yes, I did see it, yes. Yeah. And they rebuilt the set for the kitchen and the lounge. That's right, yeah. And then um, um, Alfonso comes down the stairs when it yeah. was in the front room. And it's quite nice because obviously the two Aunt Vivs were there and they've never shared the mm. same room. However, I was on another website where they were interviewing people for this thing. And apparently Alfonso had to leave the recording because he couldn't be in the same room as the, pre- the original Aunt Viv actress. Damn, seriously. Wow. So... There's the pictures of the two actresses and all the other actors. If you notice, I think I don't think Alfonso's there. There was some so some mm. some real personal thing happened between him and the actress that he's never never gotten over. And it's just really weird when I read it because I was yeah. like, wow, <laughs> it was quite profound. Because you're like, oh, <laughs> I wonder what happened. <clears throat> I did see the clip the other morning of that reunion show when they did the um video tribute for uh, james avery mm. that was pretty yeah. emotional like mm. and everyone's just grabbing tissues and just crying like on the couch it's just like mm. i that's anything like as much as i'm all for that reunion i quite sad that he's not there because that's such a presence just not yeah physical presence present. emotional <laughs> presence it's, it's probably one of the yeah. biggest presents on the on the set wasn't he mm. Absolutely. I think Absolutely. it was the the father figure and yeah, you know, and the surrogate father to Will and yeah, and I've, it just yeah, this big booming, far proper paternal fatherly presence. I think where you were saying about the episode where you you was resonating about the dad, mm. um, and they hugged at the end of the episode. Um, mm. I, b- I believe I remember reading somewhere about that when they hugged, and then Avery said into Will Smith, uh, "Ian, now this is acting." Yeah, because oh, I wow. think he felt that Will Smith hadn't really reached his potential mm. up until that point. And like what you say, Chris, where Will kind of went off script and he kind of ad-libbed a lot of the stuff in that. Yeah, scene. he channeled his own emotions for his yeah. own father's father leaving. Yeah, I, if I, I don't know if he ever said that that wasn't acting. I, yeah, I might, I might have been not quite right, but I'm sure he said something like that in in his mm. ear that nobody saw on the show. It was just something that obviously Will Smith heard and could mm. see, feel. But it was something on those lines, I believe. But um, I think that's the kind that kind of shows the kind of like you said the kind of presence that he had and, and the the kind of figure that he was in that show. 
yeah that that all round like can be a hard as hard as nails judge and stern and strict but at the same time could just be this amazing supportive and soft yeah yeah <coughs> well I've got um, obviously got <coughs> two or three nuggets of trivia about my TV show that I've chosen so let me see if you know any of these that I've picked out Jada Pinkett Smith tried out for the role of Lisa huh. she was yeah she was rejected <laughs> she, she was, even more awkward now isn't it <laughs> she was rejected yes. due to a lack of chemistry with Will Smith and their height. What, what are the odds? <laughs> yep. And their height. <laughs> Sorry, I was channeling J. Johnny Jameson there. Uh, height difference. Ironically, they got married three years later. In the. Three years? Wow. In the. According to IMDb. In the first few episodes, Will Smith was constantly ridiculed and dismissed for his lack of acting skills. NBC executives nearly fired him. The show's creators and producers saw strong potential in Smith and convinced NBC to keep him on the show. So it could have been very different. I don't that show would never have worked without Will Smith. Mm. Nah. And then Alfonso Ribeiro. How do you pronounce his name, Chris? I think it's Ribeiro. Is it Ribeiro? I think it's Ribeiro. I've never really looked into it, to be honest. He invented the Colton dance. When he first read the script, it said Colton dances (laughs) with nothing specific. So he later (laughs) stated in an interview that he was inspired by Eddie Murphy's white boy dance and Courtney Cox dancing in Bruce Springsteen dancing in the dark. That's where he learns something new every day. Kat, have, uh, I assume both of you have attempted to reproduce the Colton dance at some point in your life. Oh, no. no, 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 no. <laughs> Do you know what? I okay. don't think I actually he went, on to, he went on to take legal action against Fortnite, didn't he? Because yes. the, uh, the flossing really? and stuff. It's just, yeah. yeah. Didn't know about that. Yeah, because they basically put the dance in the game and it was like, basically, he's IP. It was like... <laughs> Did the guy invent it? play to him. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's me done. If you tell you haven't got anything else to say about the Fresh Prince, I think we've covered everything. Yeah, yeah I think it's other, than good. It, other than it always being there and you growing up through the nineties, mm. yeah. always on, wasn't it? Like yeah, most it was, of these shows yeah. we talked about, it was always on BBC just, Two, and mm. then it moved to a channel called Trouble, I believe. Do you know what? I oh, remember God, Trouble, Trouble TV because my mum had yeah. we'd just mum had just got Sky. I don't know why she decided to do it. And I just dis- I discovered uh, that seventy show on Sky, mm-hmm. on that same channel, Trouble TV. And again, it's one of those shows that have done so well and so, it's just remembered. It's got such a big cult following now. Mm-hmm. It was just done well, and yeah. like most things, you got the Big Bang Theory, which is over rehearsed and overproduced, and we got like eight years before we talk about that. So. <laughs> yep, <Yeah>, and uh, <coughs> yeah, now now you can just watch it whenever you like on Netflix. It's not on Netflix anymore. Oh, has it, isn't it? No. <laughs> when did that get taken no. off? It wasn't on that. I'm sure I saw it on there quite recently. It was on. It's been on there for about three or four years, and it was taken off like last month, <sighs> like the first of November. No, first of October, I think it was. Oh Typical. man, I'm gutted. Oh well. It was mind. always something I used to watch, and I, I don't know why I liked it. You, you can't explain why you like a thing. You just do. Yeah, um, that's, that's I just a... think the actors were so. At, ease with each other and the chemistry was fantastic and a lot of the jokes were ad-libbed or done so quickly and and they kept they just kept some of the takes in there like where the people are laughing at like the way a character walking dressed and stuff like that 
And it reminds me weirdly of uh, Sally Phillips in Alan Partridge, where they kept her. <laughs> this is again another random tangent where they kept her, her gag takes in. Yeah. Where she had to physically walk away from Steve Coogan because she's laughing so much, and they kept it in, because it just adds this different feel to it. <laughs> it's natural feel. Um, Alan Partridge. That's another dedicated episode entirely. <laughs> I that one. Yeah, I'll have to sit back on that one. Indeed. But, um, that's another story. But um, yeah, no, it's celebrating its 30th anniversary this month. That's one of the reasons I wanted to uh, bring it up. Mm. And uh, I still can't believe it's 30 years, really. Mm. It's just that's crazy, great. isn't it? Anyway, Rich, mm-hmm. um, you've brought um, another show that I have many fond memories of. Mm-hmm. And Indeed. I can't wait to talk about a couple of memories that I have. Uh, embedded in my brain forever and ever so please introduce oh. sh- introduce your show i'm going to talk about mr bean um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um sorry sorry, <laughs> sorry going back to what you said. i didn't expect you to introduce it like that <laughs> <laughs> to be honest i didn't either so there you go. um it just kind of came out um so yeah, we talked about how it debuted on um, New Year's Day on 1990 um, right. on ITV. It was quite an event. It was one of those things where they decided that instead of a, a regular series, there were going to be individual episodes spread out. So there were going to be mm. like big events every time there was a new one. Kind of like Wallace and Grum in a way. It was just mm. like that next episode. Um, and it was a massive hit from, I think, the opening the opening episode. Um mm. Do you think, sorry, do you think and then doing it that way helped it be so big? Yeah, I think it gave it kind of a more of this, um, <laughs> I'm trying to get too deep about Mr. Bean, but it's like gave it this like, special aura. Like it felt, yeah. like, felt like an event. And I think the fact as well that it was so easy to sell around the world. Yeah. Because yeah, cause it's, it's it physical slapstick. Yeah. 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 Um, basically, like yeah, the, the global department of itv were laughing basically they could sell that everywhere um and that helped he, so that helped rowan atkinson I, I think a lot didn't it in in breaking some of the uh, hollywood like in getting oh, some, yeah. some of the bigger films because mm. of mr bean being sold around the world and and obviously hollywood producers and whatever seeing what he could do mm. it's, yeah, it's that's that's a weird thing because he was in films before mr bean mm-hmm and I've always thought that odd, like when you backtrack and you realise he was in Never Say Never Again, he was in that film. Why do I remember that? Yeah. he was foreshadowing to John English, is it? Kind of, yeah. And a lot of people have linked it to that. And it was... Expanded universe. Yeah, it was... And that was... When was Never Say Never Again? Um, I'm sure it was in Never Say Never Again. I mean, that must have been... That must have been like... Late eighties, isn't it? I mean, it had Kim, Kim Basinger in I it, might didn't be it? Misre- yeah, I might be misremembering something. Because it was the only James Bond film not made by MGM. Mm. I know like that for a fact. Sean Connery fanfic, wasn't it? Really? It was just... Yeah. Basically, yeah, it was Kevin yeah. McClory. Um, that's another whole other episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, we're, we're getting off topic. Come on, back to Mr. Bean. <laughs> yeah, it was ni- nineteen eighty-three. Yeah. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah. Awesome. Good. You mean what I liked about Bean? Obviously, it was very odd, but. There's, I still remember like the very first time that show aired and the opening titles with the uh, 
the choir and the spotlight. Mm-hmm. And it kind of yeah. gave the impression that he was actually beamed down to Earth. Basically, like he was almost like an alien being. Yeah. And his mission was just to come down to Earth and just cause as much shit and carnage as possible. And like, I just <laughs> thought that was like, it wasn't just weird and surreal, but it actually kind of made it feel quite sad and somber in a strange way. Because mm. it just felt like he was this clueless, like, organism that was just running around. Just <laughs> yeah. Causing complete havoc, and it's just yeah, I can see what you're saying about that. Yeah, it's weird. Never really looked at it in that way. Yeah, no, I mean, it took me a while really, and then it's just I don't know what it was. It was just I think like incredible television. I remember watching it at my nan's house on like Saturday night. I think it used to be on Saturdays, didn't it? Like when it would come on, it would be on a Saturday or evening on ITV, Mm. and um, I always remember like a lot of the faces that would pop up and. can't remember if they were prominent faces at the time it was the first time you saw them but you had the likes of richard wilson angus deaton yeah. paul merton in it as well i think he was i might be wrong on that one but it's just there's just so many um episodes that stand out to me i mean i think for me i still think the the best <laughs> mr bean skit it's probably still gonna have to be the swimming pool Oh, I never no. liked swimming as a kid. I always <laughs> fucking hated going to swim pools. Yeah. And he kind of spoke to me with the whole high dive board. Mm-hmm. And then he's just hanging off by his fingertips. And, <laughs> and getting getting changed underneath his clothes. And he's Everyone... just running and he gets shot. Yeah. yeah, oh my god. He's got no yeah, he's got no um trunks on. And he's mm. just trying to get out. And the weirdest thing for me as well, I, I and this says a lot about me, but like all the while growing up and even even now, my adult years, if I think of multi-story car park, I think you of think Mr. Of Mr. Bean, Bean trying to leave the swimming pool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that and the, and the, the three-wheeler just tipping on its side. <coughs> oh, that was great! The that was just being <laughs> reverses and just tips over. Oh my god! And he just guns it like, as the barrier comes up. And I just... It's not one of those classic British bit things that just like just stick with us. <laughs> yeah, it's the um, uh, it's the turkey on the head that always sticks with us. Yeah. Me. I mean, I know friends read that off, but hey, whatever. Mm. Um, <laughs> you got to get inspiration from best comedy. Um, mm-hmm. I think Mr. Bean, the Christmas episode, that stands up for me in terms of television. That's up there with the bottom Christmas special for me. Like mm. They are pinnacle Christmas TV. Um, yeah. And they just, don't, I remember they, they just don't make it like that anymore. No, like, they don't. I'm trying to remember some of my other Mr. Bean skits now. I mean, I always liked the cinema one as well when he goes to see Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, I can remember one where he was trying to have a shave while he was driving the car. Yeah, that was when he got <laughs> when he got up late for work and he made a coffee in his mouth. Mm-hmm. He poured like, he the coffee granules, the milk, and then the hot water from the kettle and stuff like that. And yeah, and he, he buys, buys a sofa well and he puts it controls, on the roof and he, he controls <laughs> his mini with a, was it a broom, a mop? <laughs> and rope on the steering wheel. Oh, it's just amazing stunt work. Whoever rigged that is just amazing. And when he redecorates <laughs> his flat as well, and he just wraps everything oh, what, up with, in he, with the explosives. Like <laughs> <laughs> just wraps up the apples and bananas. And, <laughs> and there's, that, there's, there's that dude's silhouette like reaching for his hat. <laughs> it's just like this poor guy is walking around somewhere half covered in paint. <laughs> That's brilliant. You never saw him, and I love that so much. No, you, you see just, him coming. He's reaching for his hat, <laughs> and then you hear it go off, and somewhere. <laughs> In England, is this dude half painted with white paint? 
with probably <laughs> explosive like <laughs> scars on his face. I'm choking. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh man. And yeah, so Mr. Bean Jeez. just like and what was what was the one I was gonna bring up? The um when he has his own birthday party. Oh yeah. And it's yeah. the most sad, touching yeah. little thing because it's well, Teddy was there though, right? Teddy's always there. Yeah, yeah but there's, it's going to sound really sad, but it's it's retouching. Really it's it's typical Richard Curtis tugging at those heartstrings, like before he made it massively famous. Where there are people like that in the world, and it is it is sad mm. that people do do that. They do throw their own birthday parties, but it's when he's posting his own birthday cards through the thing, you mm. laugh, and then oh. you laugh, and you're thinking, <laughs> then all of a sudden you're like, oh, actually, there are. People, I might know people who do, who do yeah. this, and and he's doing his own little, you know, birthday stuff like food in the kitchen, breaking twigs off the tree and dipping them in marmite for twiglets. Oh my god! <laughs> it's just it's something like that. He's just like oh, but the the one of the best the best moments I always remember, and everyone has done this, everyone where he's fallen asleep in front of late night TV. Yes. Do you remember this? Yes. And he's watching this boring film and he's trying to get sleep. And he starts drifting off, and his head nods, and then all of a sudden, the body form advert Whoa, comes on. <laughs> and if everyone knows that old advert, they use that really loud "Whoa, body form!" <laughs> and he jumps himself. And I always remembered it. It's always been in my head because even brilliant. I don't know, <clears throat> just never know how to get it out. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> and the classic roller coaster. He's just not reacting. Oh, he's just bored. He's just like he's just sitting off. there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how. I don't know how Atkinson did that in character on that roller coaster. Sod that. Just yeah. sitting there and everyone's yeah. going mad. And he's just kind of like going, oh. yawning and stuff. Yeah. Shows. <laughs> <laughs> that one he's at the fun fair and he uh, <coughs> ties the balloons to the pram and it floats off and then he yes. uh, yeah. saves the day. Yeah. And the classic one where he's on an aeroplane and the kid throws up in the bag and he blows oh. it up and he goes to pop it. <laughs> boom! And it cuts, to, it cuts to black credits and you're just like, no! <laughs> but the, fun, the funniest part is you don't see the carnage. You don't see the sick everywhere. And that's funny. That is For you oh, Americans shit. listening to this, not having a payoff at the end of an episode is funnier than seeing it. Yeah. <laughs> It just shows oh, the, the talent of the man, really. Yeah. I mean, he's it was one of those lightning in a bottle shows, wasn't it? I think they just got yeah. everything right, perfectly. Casting, producers. Uh, I mean, no one else could pull off Mr. Bean than Rowan Atkinson. Nobody. I don't want to skip ahead to 97, but like, I, I assume, did you guys see Bean, the ultimate disaster movie in the cinema? I didn't see it in the cinema, no. Mm, I no, sorry, at home. <laughs> on, on release. <laughs> I, I don't know queuing? why I did so. Oh, it was, it was rammed. Rammed. It was like, yeah. It was, yeah, it, it was, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd like that film. When he's just like mm. flipping everyone off in traffic because he thinks that's how you wave to yeah. Californians. And he's just like... And, it's, it's the, it's, and again, <laughs> it's the perfect innocence. Mm-hmm. And what I liked about the film was it didn't lose that innocence of that character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That... That innocent guy who's been like this all his life and probably has some sort of learning issues going on. Mm-hmm. And again, it's the just the innocence of it when he's in the airport and he plays around with hiding a gun. Oh God, yeah. Because that's that's what a child would do in an airport mm-hmm. when you're told mm-hmm. not to do it, and he pretends he's hiding a gun like he's a secret agent. And yeah. 
yes, it's kind of a bit awkward now you see it with the whole airport security we get these days. <laughs> but this is this is pre-terrorism and stuff like that. And yeah. <coughs> it's just such an pre-9/11 innocent... Pre-9-11 being that was. So. <laughs> a pre-9-11 being. <laughs> That's the... Uh... <laughs> well, if, I, if I did show titles, that would probably would be it. I was going to say, if anyone watches like, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, that's the title of your sex tape. Um, but I was... Um, <laughs> Sorry. A few years a ago, we went uh, on holiday to a caravan park and the kids wanted to watch TV. And, you know, no internet really, so they were stuck with Freeview. So they had to watch uh, CBBC or CITV, one of the two. And mm-hmm. um, they're, they're sitting there watching whatever for a while and I went over and see what they're watching. They were watching the cartoon version of Mr Bean. I love that as a thing, yeah. that cartoon. It's really yeah. silly. And there's him as well as the voice, and I think it's wonderful. Yeah, and, and I thought, yes, uh, what, what a great way for my children to have some kind of connection to Mr Bean. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And they and they, they they pulled it off, really. It was, it was very similar mm. to, the, to, the, to the original TV show. And, and you can do uh, a lot more with animation, as we know with exactly. these adaptations. You can do more, obs- like, really obscure gags or mm-hmm. set up really stupid stunts that you can't do with live action and we're doing a video game based on the cartoon as well it's like damn we've got Mr Bean's like multi multi-platform <laughs> yeah you, you wouldn't think of this, this quaint universe. 90s show produced by the guy who did you know Love Actually in Four Weddings <laughs> can yeah. have such a massive following and mm. it's playing for Disney fan base <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Anything else about Mr. Bean, Rich? Oh, no, really. I think that's covered a lot of it. Yeah. yeah. No, okay. just absolutely love no, it. I think brilliant. it's just. It was a lovely piece of comedy at that time. Mm-hmm. Growing yeah. up. Um, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant show. It was yeah, yeah, really good pick. Fond, fond memories. And like I say, I wish they still made shows like that now. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, Indeed. unfortunately, they don't. No, we have stuff like not going out and and all that lovely British comedy we have these days. Who would be a good bean in a reboot if they uh, did that? I wonder. Um, need someone that David is... Tennant. Oh, <laughs> quit with a goddamn David Tennant! You are a David Tennant gatekeeper, aren't you, Jason? Just like... Oh yeah. Or the Matt Smith one. He's already got the tweet, so it's perfect. Yeah, yeah. And he's got the the rubber face. And I always remember Stephen Moffat when he was interviewed saying, like, we've got Stan Laurel as the doctor. Like, this is amazing. There you go. Um but as for <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who would be able to do that physical comedy, like, to that extreme as well. Hmm. Not like, TV, they probably get like Lee Francis or something to do it. Oh god. <laughs> that poor, poor man. He started out so well. And now he's stuck perpetually as Keith fucking Lemon. <laughs> Stereotype oh. to the max. <sighs> but you look oh. at Lee Francis's early work, he was great. And well, yeah, he was. Yeah. yeah. Now, now he's just, I don't think he knows who Lee Francis ever was. I think he's just now Keith Lemon. Well, that's what pays the bills. I'm sure he won't mind too much. Yeah, that is Indeed. the problem, isn't it? Yeah. Indeed. Cool. Well, um, you've kept us in suspense, Chris, because I asked you earlier what your TV show might be, and you was like, I don't know, I'm going to tell you later, and we still don't know now. So no, why don't you? List. Yeah, why don't you put us out of our misery and let us know what TV show of 1990 you'd like to discuss? Well, 
as it debuted in 1990, and it came up on my research as well, I was trying not to talk about it, but let's just go down the Quantum Leap rabbit hole. I knew it. I knew he was going to chase this. Let's just get it out. Let's do it. As much as I love Star Trek, The Next Generation, we can do that on a Star Trek episode or whatever we do. I I think there's enough material for for a good 45 minute to an hour show on Star Trek. Yeah, definitely. So, Mm. good choice. And... One think, that Richard is looking forward to big time. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. <laughs> cool. Go on, Next Chris. Generation's not that bad. It's a bit <laughs> hokey. It's very dated now, sure. but it's fine. It was a TV show that got me into Star Trek, so I won't have anybody knock it. Yeah, but. exactly the same for me. Yeah. But anyway, we're not but, talking about Star Trek. We're talking about Quantum Leap. Um, Come on, Chris. Yeah, it's let us know. one of those shows that. Amongst obviously everything I grew up with, such as Star Treks, I grew up with and watching the original Battlestar Galactica and stuff when I was a kid, and everything that came with it. Like Quantum Leap, just was this very clever, very well thought out anthology show done basically like the time travel version of, say, the Twilight Zone, where each episode is a standalone story with only the two main actors as a constant all the way through and it was it wasn't groundbreaking but it was just one of these ideas that came from the same guy who did (coughs) excuse me uh, Magnum P.I. and um, uh, Donald B. P. Belisario who's responsible for JAG and well NCIS the less said about that the better (laughs) (coughs) and um, it was a powerhouse of um, TV producing and he did the same kind of things I want to do an anthology show time travel okay so they made up this kind of like science thing about it about a guy who was playing with string theory and quantum entanglement and stuff and who figured out that he could leap between his birth and his death within his own lifetime and the string theory was if you balled a piece of string up and every day of every day and every minute of your life touched together, you could in theory leap across that. The science is very vague. It plays fast and loose with science like most TV show, sci-fi shows do. But basically, Sam Beckett would leap into the body of someone in the past. Their body would then get transferred to what they called the waiting room, which they could, you know, essentially interview them and get enough information so then they can pass it to Sam so he can do whatever mission this whatever's leaping him whatever end up leaping him through time uh, so he can figure it out and basically Sam's Sam's aura covers they assign again science is fast and loose in the waiting room Sam's aura covers the person who's leaped in so they're the leapy and then the leap E's aura covers Sam in the past. So he appears to himself in the mirror and to other people as the person he's leaped into. And then obviously he's got a guy called uh, Al, who, Al Calavici, who ap- appears to Sam in a hologram, but he's tuned to Sam's brainwave. So he's not technically a hologram. He's a projection through time to Sam's unique brainwaves. And he's obviously got the hand link, which enables him to interact with the command center, if you will, uh, of Project Quantum Leap. So it's basically all the historical information. You can update Sam on the percentages of what he has to do and what's what's changed in our future as Sam progresses through the past. 
So it's kind of like a real-time, almost live running information. Like if Sam stops someone from doing something, it's like 25% goes up that he's succeeding. That, it's that kind of thing. That's the basic Ziggy, concept. Yeah. yeah, Ziggy was the supercomputer, not the handling. Oh, I thought, okay, I thought Ziggy was the handheld. Okay, <coughs> never mind. No, cool. Ziggy was the, uh, the hybrid computer that ah, uh, the hand okay. link was linked to that gotcha. and you'd see Al talk to Ziggy which now he's just using voice controls to the computer because obviously Al's in an imaging chamber so he's seeing he's he, Sam's visual stuff is then transmitted to Al so it's this kind of weird shared uni- uh, um, spatial awareness mm-hmm. so everything that Sam sees gets projected to Al so Al is seeing everything that Sam sees so and also a bit more because the the supercomputer and whatever will holographically recreate more. So when you when you hear Al say "send to me on so and so," and he gets up like two or three miles away to someone else, the imaging chamber is actually in a massive cavern underneath a mountain range in America. So you have that physical distance that can move. So basically, it works like the holodeck in Star Trek, essentially for Al. Never heard of it. <laughs> you know, do you know what I mean? Like. I know what you mean. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm trying to like explain it to people who might not be familiar with it. But yeah, like then Al would be talking to you know the computer Ziggy and the people in control of everything, and obviously Sam's brain's Swiss cheesed, to quote the show. So Sam leaps back, memory's completely white, doesn't know who he is. Al keeps appearing to him through the pilot episode in the first few episodes. And he's like, who is this guy? Every time he appears to me, he's dressed differently. He's in his, he's in his like, pajamas and dressing gown. And then, like a few hours later, he's in a, a naval commander's admiral's uniform because he's obviously he's an admiral in the navy. And obviously, Sam's memory it takes the whole run of the show for it to kind of form back. So they kind of got a soft reboot, reset button almost every episode where. Sam's not going to remember everything. So I was trying to fill in the gaps without giving, without saying too much because he can't. So it's a weird thing where, yeah, Al can't say too much, but he can hope, help Sam remember and then he gradually does. <clears throat> and obviously Sam's a, a multi-genius doctorate, uh, university graduate, medical doctor, uh, theoretical physics everything like that and basically built this project quantum leap that allows him to leap between his own lifetime and he, he has the gist to, of it. yeah he has to figure out what it is he's there for isn't it and 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 make that happen before he can move on to the next one yes so al will come in and again it's not it's touched up in the show now and again but the, the structure of the show is he leaps from one body to another and you assume it's instantaneous, but it's not. So between each leap, like there's one episode where Al, Al and Gushy are looking for Sam and it's, they're taking like three months to find where Sam is. But to Sam's point of view, he's leaped from one body to another, but it takes a long time to do so. So yeah, Al would appear and say, we're not sure why you're here, but given the statistics here and there, this happened in this area, maybe it's this person that you've got to say, or you've got to stop someone making this life choice, or, you know, and 98% of the time, it does get repetitive. When you when you binge watch it, it gets repetitive, because like every other episode is, 
you've got to stop this person from dying or you've got to stop this person from killing that person you know it's that it becomes very tropey and then all of a sudden you get a really random episode that doesn't deal with saving a life it deals with actually saving a town or changing a whole town's ideals I think yeah so sorry go on the, the percentage guy the, the owl comes in and says right you, you know and then every time Sam does something to move along obviously you get the the percentage updates and all, uh, we just figured out that you now need to go over here and stop this from happening because this is happening right now but you're here you need to be there so you need to run you know you, or you need to get in a car and, and go but sorry Jason what were you saying? No I was going to say I think um, so some of the things that made it that kept it fresh I guess was obviously when he leaped at the end and you didn't know what he was going to come into mm. which kept you on the um, on the on the edge, if you like, because you, yeah. you just wanted to know what he was going to leap into yeah. on the next. Yeah, you get a little, a little teaser at the end of each episode as well. And you always hoped that he was going to leap into a lady. Um, yeah, I think he only. I right? think it was like only nine times. I think he became a, a girl, yeah. a woman, and one time a chimpanzee. Well, we'll not go there. <laughs> <laughs> the episodes that like kind of caught controversy a little bit, like were they kind of like people like mm, don't know if you should have done that one or. Yeah, because there was a few of them. There was there was a, a really well done uh, few episodes. It was called um, Trilogy, mm-hmm. where obviously it's three episodes that take place over multiple decades, and he leaps into all these people um, over the course of I think thirty, forty years. And one of them is I can't remember, it's a town sheriff or marshal. Or something like that, and he has to say the N word to stop. Damn. And it, it, it takes place in the deep south of America, basically, in this like small town, very prejudiced town. Mm. And there's this scene where he has to he has to keep up he has to keep up the image that this person is. He's leaped into this guy mm. who would have said that word, who wouldn't have questioned it. And I remember vividly, even watching it as a kid, where um he says, I can't, I can't say it, Al. I can't say it. And he's like, Sam, you have to. You have to keep up this pretense. You have to. And yeah, it's said off screen, but it's implied that that's what... And, and again, it's, it's controversial episodes like that that deal with the racial problems that they had or, you know, back in the you know, 40s and 50s and and it, in, even sexual, sexual inequality and stuff like that. And women aren't allowed to do this and men are allowed to do that and men are all powerful and stuff like that so it does have the controversial episodes and there was again two of them where Sam leaped into a young guy with Down syndrome called Jimmy mm-hmm. they did one and Sam look, like looks in the mirror and said now if I remember rightly this bit was edited out of the TV edits but it Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I just just knocked a pen off the table. Um, but it was it's in the DVDs, and he looks in the mirror and he says, "I'm retarded," and then it rolls to the end credits, and that's the teaser from the previous episodes. And yes, it's a very dated term now. We look we're talking yeah. about an episode that was made in the '89, and. Yeah, but again, those two episodes, and then about a season or two later, he leaps back into Jimmy, and it's and it's a lovely episode where Sam has to. He doesn't he doesn't end up acting like Jimmy would. He starts off to do, but he 
he starts to take traits on of this this um, Down syndrome lad, and it's an amazing episode that deals with a you know family breaking down and all this stuff going on, and the elder brother can't get work, and when he does get work, he has to take Jimmy with him, and then because obviously it's prejudiced and they don't like Jimmy because of his issues and stuff like that. And again, it was it was controversial back then, and it kind of still is now. But when you watch it and you understand the message they were trying to say, tell you, it it does become this quite nice little thing to say look be supportive of people they are they are people regardless of their abilities or their birth defects they are people and they try hard and they're not scary they're not monsters and that's the kind of message of the episode but as for controversial episodes of course every tv show has controversial episodes you know even some of the best thought out tv shows have controversial episodes Mm. but then some of them are amazingly done and whenever you know you see Sam leap into a musician, that is Scott Bakula singing and playing the piano. Really? He started off in musical theatre. Oh, fair, fair play. He started off on Broadway. And every time you see him sing and play a piano, that is actually him. And he is fantastic. Awesome. Absolutely fantastic. And again, you couldn't have had a better two actors to lead your show than um, Scott Bakula and Dean Stockwell. Oscar winner Dean Stockwell who I believe if I was rightly it was his third Hollywood career he'd had one as a kid he was a child star <laughs> no way and as he got older like early 20s it kind of dried up because they wanted this this cheeky little kid and he, he he was like the kind of James Dean type and then he came back in his 30s or his 40s didn't quite make it in Hollywood again give, even though his name was there and then he got given this opportunity to come out of retirement and do quantum leap and then it gave him his third career and he would go on to do other films it'd be in blade runner not blade runner sorry i've tripped myself up yeah he wasn't in, why did i say blade runner yeah. wasn't it blade runner <laughs> <laughs> what am i thinking of um but yeah and then he'd you know go on to be in the reboot of Battlestar Galactica and he'd be in star trek enterprise a bit reunite reunited with scott beckler obviously for one episode but as a, as a show, I just think it holds up. Let's not talk about the last season because that the last season was a bit controversial in a way because the it, it was studio interference, like you see with a lot of films and TV, where they were like, we want celebrities. Mm. And what the production tried to do, and they, they did it su- superbly well, was they, they threw in Easter eggs for celebrities. Such as Sam leaps into uh, this guy who's at a, um, a boxing club and he's talking to this Italian dude in the changing rooms and he shuts the locker and it says S. Stallone on the locker. And those kind of, those kind of gags land perfectly because you, you take a couple of seconds to go, wait, was that? And, you know, obviously Sam does the same. But when season, the last season comes in and the, the, the board of directors are obviously like... Uh, yeah, we want uh, we want you to leap into someone to do with Marilyn Monroe. And like, no, the whole point of the show is to do what Star Trek did before it, and that is to tell stories of prejudice and sexual inequality and and social social stu- sciences and stuff like that, like why people are who they are. To then all out celebrities. So that was the season where Sam leaped into Elvis Presley. Yeah, that happened. Yeah. That well, happened. Very much. Very yeah. much. And he leaped into Marilyn Monroe's bodyguard. Yep, that happened. Mm. And it was it was just too much, and it literally jumped the shark. 
and mm. uh, they were like, Look, what do you guys want? And we, we didn't want to tell this. We wanted to have these little Easter eggs, yes, for people who were famous or, or like the whole Marty McFly joke where Sam ends up inventing something mm. from his future that he's instinctively doing. But like a famous scene was they're, they're eating in a restaurant. And there's this guy, there's this old guy choking, and he stands up, he can't breathe. Sam, being one of his many doctorates, is a medical doctor as well, literally jumps into action, goes behind this guy, and he pulls his chest, and this thing he's choking on turns up. And he starts to breathe, he's like, oh my god, are you alright, alright? And as Sam, as Sam's walking away, you hear this old deer say, oh my god, Dr. Heimlich, are you okay? And it's, <laughs> it's jokes like that, that just That's like... Good. Just like the Back to the Future jokes where Marty inadvertently invents something like rock and roll or, or frisbees or something like that, or, or skateboards. It did that really, really well. And then obviously the last season was like, yeah, Sam's blatantly going to leap into Elvis Presley and start dancing in a cafe playing a guitar. And you can actually see Scott Bakula just kind of like, you know when you see someone's dead eyes going like, really, I'm doing this? I was going to ask the question, like, I wonder what Scott was actually thinking while he was doing <coughs> yeah, this. Yeah, he's, he's actually gone on a lot of uh, Comic-Con trails, obviously for Star Trek and Quantum Leap, and even said, like, you know, these few episodes, what were they thinking? They really you know, wanted the audience who were loyal to buy into the fact that of all the astronomical things that Sam would leap into Elvis Presley. Like, yeah. no, just no. And it wasn't done well, and it was so ham-fisted and shoehorned down your throat that you're like... Oh, really? How did the show end? Like, did it end in a way that was fitting? I actually don't mind the ending. It was, it was, it was rushed because obviously they were cancelled, and they're like, right, we have to cobble together a, an ending. And the the ending is a it's a bit of a a mind fuck. Excuse my language because you've got so much going on, and if you haven't watched the show, and these characters start popping in that you like, like all from Sam's previous. Uh, leaps and stuff like that like characters that he's leaped into turn up in this bar or it's yeah and it's kind of it's very clever but also very rushed it's not a two-parter it's not and and he's trying to he's trying to work out like why am i here why am i leaping why haven't i why don't i go back to my own time and back to project quantum leap at the end of each um at the end of each leap which was what was planned but to quote the show, it was a time travel experiment and went a little car car and he's stuck, basically. He's stuck in this never-ending loop of leaping. Apart from one episode where he leaps back, where him and Al switch, which I implore you to watch if you can find it. It's just sublime. The emotion in that, Sam's memories come back. He runs back through the door, sees his wife. He has all his memories come back. and But then he has to sacrifice himself to save Al, who's now in the past. It's, again, fast and loose with science. But yeah, the ending... The ending is clever and also very touching because uh, Sam then starts leaping as himself. So he he works out what he's there for. He's there to perpetually help history unfold as it should. So if you look at it in a real world sense, he's out there somewhere now as himself. So he's not leaping into people. He's appearing as himself with all his memories, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So instead of taking... Instead of going into people's bodies, if you will, he's actually leaping as Sam Beckett. Did and he, there's oh. sorry, I was gonna say, did he get out of leaping? Is he still no. still there? No. It says at the end of the show he never returned home. 
But there's a recently, in the past year, an uncovered, unaired ending where the title card comes up, Sam Beckett never returned home. But the original intended ending, which is actually on YouTube, and um, I'm going to do a shout out now. If you look for a YouTube channel called Movie Nights or a YouTuber called Alison Pregler, she's a massive Quantum Leap and sci-fi fan. She actually helped uncover this ending. It was from negatives and stills taken on set where Al decides because Al Sam leaps back into Al's past and basically told Al's wife that he was still alive in uh, in one of the wars in the war and changed Al's history so instead of Al being this loner guy with no kids no wife whatever he was in the end married with children and this, this um, his wife Al decides in the unaired ending to go after Sam. Okay. And okay. if you want to post the links up on the thing, and he, he yeah, the unaired ending is uh, Al following Sam to try and find him. So going into the, into the Quantum Leap Accelerator and follow him to try and find Sam to bring him back. And mm. it's a sacrifice that Al wanted to make because Sam sacrificed himself to help Al's past. So... Yeah, look it, look it up. It's on YouTube. It's well documented, and it's very interesting breakdowns of that original ending that they planned. No, I might have to definitely. Oh, okay, it's a show I've been meaning to go back and watch. Really, I remember it being on like BBC Two kid, back in because obviously it works on a DNA the basis as well. So if your DNA is, um, oh, there you go. Like the the, the DNA match is kind of like it's like. It's like fine tuning a radio. Like if there's a DNA, ma- oh, he's gone. Is Chris gone? Yeah, he's just completely dropped. Cool. Uh, so yes, yeah, so a quantum leap. Um, yeah, I think it's just a classic. <laughs> I don't know. It. Yeah. I mean, I, I've never thought of it in the way that uh, Chris has talked about. Yeah. Uh, with everything he's just said, and. Yeah. Um, you know, as I've mentioned many times, you know, being a 12 year old uh, watching this or, you know, 13, 14 in that age range anyway, uh, those kind of hard hitting things never really just appeal, hit me for some reason. I was just mm. thought it was really cool that the guy could leap into these different people and try and help them out really and, and to have a better life. Yeah, but, no, um, agreed. Yeah. And I was very excited when um, Scott Bakula was. <laughs> was cast as the captain for Star Trek Enterprise. I thought it was going to be an amazing, amazing thing. But um, too bad. Yeah, that one's got a bit of a yeah. sad note, unfortunately. After cool. Chris's impassioned speech, though, I think yeah, I might go back and actually give it a little bit of a, a rewatch from start mm. to finish. Because like I say I never intensely watched um, Quantum Leap as a kid, but I remember being like in my sister's bedroom watching it with her in evenings when it would air, yep. like on BBC Two. Um, yep. I always liked it, but it's not something I really remember. Bits and pieces, but sure, it's never stayed with me. Um, no, I'm back, guys. Was that well done? Hey, Chris, <laughs> what happened there? No idea, mate. You just dropped. Are you completely? completely. So we just carried on without you, and That's right. yeah, just, <laughs> we're just yeah. going to uh, wrap it up now. So um, I'm not going to. I'm not going to backtrack because it just. No. I realised I was like, I can't hear anything. Yeah. <laughs> We just we just slagged off Quantum Leap for the last. Yeah, that's right. Minutes, yeah, so. 
just said how shit yeah, it was, shit. you know. Yeah, shit, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just screwed up and put it in the bin. That's right. <laughs> you can do what you want. <laughs> but no, thank you. Um, thank you for that, Chris. You know, it was really, like I was just saying to Rich, you know, never really thought of it in that manner, um, how deep it actually went in a lot of areas. So, um, yeah, no, thank you for bringing that to the yeah, show. Really appreciate it, it. If you've got Amazon Prime, I believe Quantum Leap's on Amazon Prime at the moment. Oh, there you go. Definitely, um, definitely, definitely check it out. It's it's one of those TV shows that um, it's just it's just one of those TV shows that are just monumental, mm. if you like, of the time. Yeah, cool. And I definitely uh, a shout out to um, that YouTuber Alison Pregler on I think it's Movie Nights. She's mm-hmm. got a full breakdown of everything to do with Quantum Leap. She's a massive fan, and she's been integral in actually getting this lost ending out. And unaired scripts and plans for season six and stuff like that. So sure, yeah, no, definitely check it out. Um, so thank, yeah, thank you guys. Uh, been a been a great show. It's uh, it's definitely overrun. So um, we're, I'm we're so, yeah, I'm sorry yeah. for the um, um, for the yeah, for the long wrong time, but um, you know we're still testing some stuff out. So um, we we know where where we can um, work upon. So. Uh, Thanks for sticking to us if you're still if you're still here. Sorry, and the uh, unexpected cut off. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> the, the wonderful the wonderful world of podcasting. It's uh, it's beautiful sometimes. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, before we go, um, I just want to say a couple of things. First off, it's taken me three episodes, but I so I'm, I do apologise. But I just want to say a big thank you to a man that has created the intro and outros to the show that you hear when you uh, boot up the episode and that is uh, his name is Daniel Ward he he kindly created them as I say and um, I think they've turned out pretty beautiful I must say he also runs his own podcast it's called The Cross Players and um, that's where you can uh, find him on Twitter at Dan Ward Tweets and uh, oh yeah, I implore you to go and check out his podcast and uh, which um, you will find Rich on as well sometimes won't you? Occasionally, yeah. Occasionally, Occasionally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, and just one more thing before we go, and uh, something I forgot to ask at the beginning of the show, and um, I really wanted to find out what you was drinking during the show, <laughs> Rich. <gasps> oh my God, what was I drinking? Um, Can you remember what, 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 what did I drink? Um, I drank a Bueno Shake from Umbard Brewery. It's a chocolate and hazelnut milk stout. Oh, very nice. That's so, kind of Kinder Bueno-y mm. kind of thing was it going for? No, it wasn't a Kinder Bueno, no. No, okay. Uh, no, um, no toy inside either, I'm afraid. I'm <sighs> damn it. I suppose yeah. that would be quite a um, health and safety yeah. hazard, wouldn't it? Yeah. It'd be a pain to get it out. <laughs> Lots of cut fingers. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I, I got Kinder Egg, smashed the bottle. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I joined you this, uh, this, on this show with uh, a funky beer and I had a pineapple milkshake IPA from, um, from Black Sheep. And uh, I must say it was very nice. <laughs> beautiful. Yes, it was very, very beautiful. So uh, after that, that is, uh, if you two gentlemen don't have anything else to, to say... Um, no, we I shall... think we exhausted ourselves with yes. laughter mm-hmm. and tangents. We shall uh, bid farewell to our lovely listeners. If you want to catch us on Twitter, you can find us at the Wolfie Pod. Uh, Rich, where can they find you on Twitter? Um, you can find me at Dreamcast Barber. And Chris, you can find me at Chris Hughes nineteen eighty four. 
Yep, and you can find me at Gamer Jason UK. And uh, once again, thank you very much for uh, sticking by with this episode. I think it's been quite a, a beautiful one. And uh, we'll catch you on the next episode, which will be a little mashup of video games, music, and any kind of fads or crazes mm. that we fancy bringing up. I can feel some uh, memories already seeping in. Yeah. For that one. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Okay, well, if um, you two gentlemen want to say goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye, guys. Goodbye. Yeah, and we shall catch you on the next episode. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Hey, Janelle. What's wrong with Wolfie? You can hear him barking. Is he okay? Mr. Bean.